0: I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, we are in the end game of the lead-up to what could be the biggest movie ever, as Earth's Mightiest Heroes are set to make their final assault on the box office. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. I started watching a new show this week. I'll review Abby's. And our thoughts on the first episode of the final season of Game of Thrones. First, it's time for The Couch Potatoes
1: to assemble. Heroes. It's an old-fashioned notion. A visionary, a genius,
0: ensuring freedom around the globe. A symbol to the nation, a hero to the world.
1: The beacon of hope, shining out across the stars.
0: I look around at us, You know what I see? A bunch of a-holes.
1: Possibility. You think you know how the world works? The world is changing.
0: This week, Marvel unveiled one final trailer for Avengers Endgame, which opens in less
1: than a week. You have your tickets yet, Jeff? I do not. I'll be going to a a, a weekday matinee. I I don't need to reserve a seat for that, I don't think. Oh, hopefully not. Thursday,
0: April 25th is the day, and the trailer they released is an emotional retrospective for anyone who has been following this adventure from the start, because it takes us on a tour of nostalgia, and in doing so, triggers a tidal wave of hype. As the audio in that first clip alludes to, the trailer reintroduces you to all the main characters and their various journeys, before reminding you of your journey as you followed along the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as they have painstakingly built towards this endgame, i.e., it refreshes your memory of all 22 movies in the franchise thus far. It actually lists them. And in case you forgot, it started back in 2008 in Iron Man, from there, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America The First Avenger, Marvel's The Avengers, that completed Phase 1, and then Phase 2 had Iron Man 3, Thor The Dark World, Captain America The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. And then in Phase 3, Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Avengers in Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, and now at last, The Endgame. Our very strength invites challenge.
1: Beautiful because it lasts. We're in the end game now.
0: So, that trailer also arrived with a plea from the directors, Joe ah. and Anthony Russo. Did you see this thing? <laughs> well, yeah,
1: they made every one of the actors. Uh, put it out on
0: their Instagram yesterday. Did they? So footage leaked from the film online, and I've seen links to that footage on YouTube. At least I think that's what it is. Thankfully, I've managed to not give in to temptation and watch it. So the letter they posted on social media reads, To the greatest fans in the world, this is it. This is the end. The end of an unprecedented narrative mosaic spanning 11 years and 11 franchises. For all of you, who have been on this journey with us since the very beginning, sharing every high and low with your family, your friends, your classmates, your co-workers, investing so deeply in every character and storyline, laughing, cheering shedding tears, giving so freely of your thoughts and emotions in spirited dialogue, theories, fan art, and fan fiction. Please know that the two of us, along with everyone involved in Endgame, have worked tirelessly for the last three years with the sole intention of delivering a surprising and emotionally powerful conclusion to the Infinity Saga. Because so many of you have invested your time, your hearts, and your souls into these stories, we're once again asking for your help. When you see Endgame in the coming weeks, please don't spoil it for others the same way you wouldn't want it spoiled for you. Remember, Thanos still demands your silence. As always, good luck and happy viewing, signed Joe and Anthony Russo. There's also a hashtag that they've now created, Don't Spoil Endgame. No reviews posted yet as of Wednesday, April 17th when we are recording this, so this movie is under lock and key. But Jeff, when you go through that list, I mean, it truly is an unprecedented event, what they've done with this franchise. And whether you like the Marvel movies or not, I would hope that you listening right now could at least respect or appreciate the achievement. This 22-movie saga with so many different storylines and different characters, and yet they found a way to fit it all together, and not just cram it together, but have it fit together so cohesively and
1: To have that many movies, which are almost, almost all of them exceptional. Well, going through that list, I think, honestly, if you go back to The Winter Soldier... Everything since then has been good. Yep. There's been no, They haven't had a bad one since. then. sometimes people don't like Doctor Strange or whatever. But I thought that was a good movie. But yeah. So it's 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 insane what they've done. And I rewatched Infinity War again last week. And just the way, like, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. The Guardians of the Galaxy had the one of those Infinity Stones that they were dealing with. And it's like, oh yeah, Doctor Strange had another one. And of course the Tesseract we've seen in a bunch of movies. And it's just interesting. And as soon as I like, I never read the comics or whatever, but. But as soon as they created vision and his thing in the middle of his head started lighting up, I was like, I wonder if that's one of the <laughs> things that's coming up for this Infinity business that I'd heard about. So it's it's amazing what they've done, and I've frankly I'm not going forward. It'll be weird. Yeah, I mean, because obviously they still have they got stuff planned. There's another Spider-Man movie coming out this year, far and from there'll old. be a Black Panther uh, one coming out. Yet I'm sure there'll be another Captain Marvel and some other stuff. So. It's. I can't wait to see this, and I can't wait to see what they do next. And uh, as for, uh, they shouldn't be tempting people with this. To don't spoil the ending, kind of thing. Is just saying that out loud is like, yeah, you're asking for people to spoil it. I might actually turn off my Twitter until like from when it opens until I see it. Really, I almost turn off my Twitter. I've muted so many people this week alone. A from uh, people that was think Tiger Woods winning a golf game was uh, the second coming of whatever. Yep. I was like, that's ridiculous. Goodbye to you. And then also, uh, <laughs> just to be wary, some of the publications I enjoy were spitting out Game of Thrones spoilers while the show was airing, and oh, I didn't get a on. chance to watch it till Monday. So I was like, you know what? You're going mute now for the next two months, too. That sucks. Yeah.
0: And you raise a good point, though, about since The Winter Soldier, because the movies that I didn't much care for... I think we're from prior to that. like, yep. And even those movies I didn't much care for, I wouldn't say they were bad. No. Like, Iron Man 2 is probably my least favorite of the entire
1: yeah. saga. And no one, I don't think... Can you even remember the Hulk movie? I barely remembered. And remember Tim Roth was the bad guy. And, and I was also surprised that it was over so fast. I was like, oh, that was the big bad in the ending? Whatever.
0: Yeah, like I, I, I've never gone back no. to watch Iron Man 2. I've never gone back to watch The Incredible Hulk. Or have I gone back to watch Iron Man 3? So, I guess that one came after The Winter Soldier. Uh, No, it was before The Winter Soldier. Pardon me. So, all three movies that I didn't really care for were before that. And even Thor, The Dark World, that's a movie that often gets pointed to as the worst of the bunch. I didn't mind it, but that's because I'm down with Thor. And uh, I thought it was kind of a neat movie. It was just the Dark Elves were sort of drab in terms of like,
1: yeah, it wasn't charisma. And by like that first Avengers movie was fun, and Iron Man 3 was almost a comedy. So then Thor comes around, and it's all dark and serious again. Everybody's like, oh, I thought it was going to be fun again. But eventually, certainly by the time they got to you know Guardians of the Galaxy, they clicked into the fun, and with that and Ant-Man and stuff, and they've... They've really upped the fun since then, and that's I think what's actually been keeping people really into this. Yeah, you're right. Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't wouldn't want to say it was a wake up call, but I think
0: it was certainly a signal as to what works because that was a movie that there were no major expectations for that, and it had like a ninety million dollar opening weekend or something for a for a, a group of heroes no one's ever heard
1: of. Yeah, that movie won because it was so fun, and there were no real stars in it. Chris Pratt wasn't a big deal at that time. His biggest thing was that he was in Parks and Rec and. Nobody really watched that show. Yeah.
0: And as far as the pre-sale tickets go, we already knew that it had, it had destroyed the first day pre-sale record in just six hours. Well, we're now learning that after its first full week, Endgame has pre-sold twice as many tickets as Star Wars The Last Jedi, Avengers Infinity War, Aquaman, and Captain Marvel combined. Yikes. So twice as many as all four of those movies combined. Early estimates had the opening weekend pegged between $200 and $250 million. But that seems nuts to me because Infinity War made $257 million in its opening weekend. And if they've already sold that many advance tickets, I wouldn't be... If it doesn't crack
1: the $300 million mark, I'll be shocked. There's, but there's got to be a, a ceiling somewhere just from the amount of screens that are available and the amount the literal amount of seats that yeah. can be set in front of those screens that, that maybe 250 million is where it tops out i wonder if there if someone has actually done the math on how many screens
0: there are and how many seats there are because they can the, the i don't know like you would have to imagine that the theaters could just play avengers endgame in every single screen if they wanted to if they could sell that many tickets. Yeah,
1: so. and nothing else is going to open up against it. And this weekend, most of the new movies came out on Wednesday already, and nothing looks really big or anything like that. So, no. And there hasn't been anything really big in a few weeks, so I guess some places could do it. Uh, that's, would My my mom will not appreciate that because they like to go to the movies and they have no interest in this. But, that yeah, it's interesting, and I wonder if they know how many seats there actually are. Avengers Endgame opens Thursday,
0: April 25th.
1: We're done. We still have one promise to keep. If you can't protect the earth, you can be damn sure we'll avenge you. Whatever it takes.
0: Meanwhile, moving from one Disney franchise to another. We're going to talk about Star Wars next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Greg McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes. Uh, Jeff just had a quick thought uh, uh, in terms of the runtime of Endgame.
1: Three hours, no intermission. That's going to suck up a lot of actual usable screen time, although I guess many theaters may start a little earlier in the day to squish as many screenings in as possible.
0: Yeah, a lot of them can only get three in as opposed to four a day. Yeah. So uh, we, we are curious to see how it will play out, but regardless, it's going to be huge.
1: All right, speaking of huge movies. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, so let's talk about the latest Star Wars. Episode 9 now has a teaser trailer and a title. It's called The Rise of Skywalker. I thought there's some very cool images in that teaser. Uh, Ray jumping over the ship that's bearing down on her in the desert, presumably on Jakku, maybe Tatooine. And also uh, that, that move that Kylo Ren does where he clothesline, kind of body slams that guy down. is super cool. And then we hear the laughter there. The Emperor returns. We know Lando returns. So I don't know. what you think of that? Well, it was cool to see Lando again, but
0: yeah. hearing em- the Emperor at the end, not entirely sure about that. Are we just? Are they just doing that? Like, uh, is it a shadow? Is he? Is he dead? And maybe yeah. he's found a way to come back, like the Jedi have, where he maybe he's been the puppet master this entire time, or has did he a survive? Or B, did they clone him? Because they actually did that in the co- in one of the comics. I think they called it the Dark Empire. Oh, really? So it was like a... It's not canon. It was... Oh. a. Yeah, I can't remember if it was Dark Horse or Image Comics, but it was another comic line where they actually cloned the Emperor.
1: Or Kylo Ren has reached some... His powers on the dark side have become so fierce that he can somehow summon him back from the dead, too, or something like that. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. So that was weird. What about the title? It's it's a, It's not a great title. Which Skywalker do you think they refer to? It could be... Everyone thinks, oh, Rey's, is Rey a Skywalker after all? Kylo, of course, has Skywalker blood. Luke and Leia, Anakin, he could. If they're coming, bringing back the Emperor. Why couldn't they bring back the dead Darth Vader? So I don't know.
0: I don't know either. It would. That's the fun that you, of it. That's the fun. That's why it's called a teaser. But <laughs> now that you mention it, if they were to find somehow find a way to resurrect Anakin Skywalker <laughs> and have him maybe truly complete his redemption story, but that seems like a stretch. Yeah. Uh, if it ends up being Kylo Ren, that would be a disappointment because that means that it, I think inevitably we we assume that somehow he's going to turn himself around by the end of this. But you wouldn't call that a rising;
1: you'd call it like the redemption. Well, the the redemption of Kylo Ren is what you would call it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so then, if it's Ray, how is she a Skywalker? That's the thing we still don't know her parentage. We don't know no. her family line, and you got to imagine that Ray and Kylo are somehow. Related given their bond and their link, they seem to be two sides of a coin, brother and sister.
1: Yes, but but then how? (laughs) Yeah, it was interesting, it got me excited again about Star Wars.
0: I am excited too. Yeah, I was kind of pushing, I've been so focused on. Game of the Thrones. Avengers and Game of Thrones. <laughs> that I'm not all that hyped about Star Wars right now, which seems like blasphemy or like sacrilege, as I say it out loud, because I love Star Wars, but I think there was just a little too much Star Wars there for a little while. And I'm still not The Last Jedi. Like, I went to see that movie in theaters three times. Yeah. Not because I wanted to, because I committed. I saw it once and I wanted to see it again, because even though I didn't, like, I really liked the movie, but I didn't love it, but I liked, I loved the imagery. I wanted to see it again on a big screen. Yeah, it was a very well made movie, but yeah. it's,
1: didn't have the fun that some of the other ones have, I think. And I haven't been compelled to go back and
0: watch yeah. it again. The Force Awakens, I went out and bought it the day it came out on Blu-ray. I went home and watched it twice yeah. that night, and I think I've watched it three more times. I don't even own The Last Jedi yet. I just haven't been Same haven't here. bothered.
1: Same here. I, I, yeah, like you, like The Force Awakens, I've watched a bunch. Probably, I bet I've seen that thing 10 times already, but The Last Jedi, I was once in the theater. Is it on Netflix? I can't remember. I, I've seen it <laughs> once or i borrowed somebody's DVD or something. So yeah, so this should be good. And I've heard more than one movie critic say that they fully expect, because this is the final chapter and it's going to be a big deal, that uh, in next February, look for The Rise of Skywalker to be nominated for Best Picture. Oh, God. So we'll see. Up next, (laughs) the pop culture. It's been a
0: mega week for pop culture. You had Avengers trailer, Star Wars trailer, and the first episode of Game of Thrones. That's next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. When I was a child, my brother would tell me a bedtime story about the man who murdered our father. About all the things we would do to that man.
1: Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. That's a clip from episode two of season eight of Game of Thrones, a promo for this weekend's episode. And uh, spoilers ahead. So if you're not cut up on the Game of Thrones, you've got about three seconds before we start ruining it for you. So yeah. So uh, at the end of the first episode, Jamie Lannister, a.k.a. The Kingslayer. Was that his nickname? The Kingslayer. Yeah. Showed up at uh, Winterfell. And of course, the king whom he slayed's daughter is there. And that's who was speaking in the clip. What's her name? The lady that owns the dragons. Daenerys Targaryen Daenerys Targaryen Khaleesi yeah. That's good Khaleesi as a punchline for other jokes Always cracks me up Really? Yeah, yeah As a punchline for other jokes Yeah, sometimes oh, I can't I, you go, When you hear him, you hear him or whatever Somebody will go, what's her name? Khaleesi or something like that uh, Hang on Is there a, like
0: a Khaleesi no, 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 no. joke? Am I taking this too far? <laughs> yeah Okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Well, I, I looked up Never mind Anyway, sorry, I almost <laughs> fell down a
1: rabbit hole of puns and Khaleesi jokes. What did you think of Game of Thrones? I enjoyed it. That was a very typical games with Game of Thrones episode. It was sort of was that, that thing that it always happens: the hype, 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 and then the actual thing happens. Like, oh, that's right. It's like the hype would have been like, oh my God, this is going to be the greatest episode of television anyone's ever seen, and that was just it was a regular episode of Game of Thrones. It was great. Yeah, I. I
0: the stuff that I had read and I even said last week, the the reports are that some pretty big cool stuff happens in it. I wouldn't say big, but it it did have cool stuff and like some important things did happen. The yeah. first episode is often just setting the pieces on the board, but they actually did make some things happen like at least they got to it by the end of the episode. Like one of the first things that happens in the episode is Bran it's bran. Is it Bran or Bram? It's bran with an "n," like, like flakes. A, like bran, Raisin bran. <laughs> so Bran says, "We don't have time for this. We need to tell John what's going on, or whatever." Yeah, yeah. And then they wait till the end of the episode to do it. So I'm curious <laughs> to see then how John and, plays and, out with Daenerys. And Bran just kept staring at people.
1: That ended up being
0: a really funny meme over yeah, the weekend. Yeah, it's really
1: good. That's going to that's gonna have some legs, I think, for the next few weeks. Uh, crack me up. Yeah, there and so, like, most of this, sh- like, we always think about, oh, there's dragons, oh, there's a big fight, or the, the, the battle in the bay and all this stuff, and the Red Wedding and things like that. But mostly, Game of Thrones is people talking to each other. Yeah. Because, I mean... As big a budget as they have, there are some restrictions, and that means that people got to talk to each other, and that's it's like a soap opera kind of story anyways, just with different clothes and a lot more violence. So uh, that's what we should expect, and that's what we got. It was cool, too, to see Arya Stark, who yep. spent so
0: many seasons out in the wilderness, way out in the world, now back in her home, and seeing... It was nice to see her with some childlike wonder again. Like, there was sort of almost like a return of innocence to this character who's had such a hard time since Ned Stark got his head chopped off. Her life has been garbage. Yeah. So to just see her looking up with wonder at the dragons and then getting kind of like a like this mischievous
1: smirk on her face like, cool dragons! Cool dragons, we're yeah. we gonna kick some butt. And then uh, when she was uh, being a sword nerd with uh, her brother John there or whatever and then she's like, oh I still got my little sword and he's like, oh have you ever used it? And she's just like once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she's killed more people on that show than anyone else, I think. I think she
0: has. And in terms of the ratings, HBO killing it Boom. over the weekend. 17.4 million viewers on Sunday across multiple airings and including some streaming. So that is a record for HBO for a season premiere. It's the biggest telecast in HBO's history. The most watched scripted entertainment program of the year, period. Hmm. The previous previous record holder was CBS's The Big Bang Theory, with 14.1 million viewers on February 7th. And that's despite HBO being available in way fewer homes than the broadcast network. So that's
1: pretty incredible. It is. But uh, mind you, also, in just a couple of weeks, we're going to have the f- series finale of Big Bang as well. So they might go do a little juggernaut back and forth with the ratings, those guys.
0: Yeah, I wonder when that's going to happen. And I'm just reading this right now on Entertainment Weekly's website. The UK's Daily Mail wrote a story last week claiming the return of Game of Thrones could rack up a billion viewers worldwide. Wow. <laughs> that, that seems weird. But the truth is, even HBO doesn't know how many viewers their show gets globally. Given all the various methods of distribution, the real global number will be far closer to 100 million. NCIS, by the way, was calculated in 2016 to be the most watched drama in the world with 47 million people. Huh. So Game of Thrones yeah, it's. Uh, I was very excited overall. Maybe the benchmark though for how much I enjoyed it was I went to go start watching it again and then I stopped. Oh really? I, I will often watch it and then I'll re-watch it. Oh my gosh. But I didn't watch it again. So uh, maybe it's just... Will cause... you
1: watch it again before episode two? Probably. Yeah, there you go. Probably, yeah. I need... Or maybe I'll <laughs> maybe I'll just wait till the end and watch them all six all in a row. I wonder if the ratings will keep piling up like that because you know there are people out there because uh, we've done it before just from the sheer hype of all this thing there's a bunch of people out there right now uh binge watching and they're on season 3 and they're yeah. trying to catch up before they get to the end of season 8 so every week they might be adding tons and tons more viewers like that that's how I did it with Breaking Bad yeah. I didn't get caught up I
0: my goal was to catch up just in time for the finale I ended up catching up before the penultimate episode, Ozymandias. The best episode ever. The best episode, yeah. So I caught up prior to that. So that was surreal, watching that in real time with everyone else. And it... And then I and then I had to wait. It was over and I'm like, I only have one episode left and I got to wait. So, yeah, uh, but there them um, so people doing that right now might be faced with similar situation and stress when they get caught up. But enjoy the binge if that's what the mission you are on right now. You we're going to switch gears now from dragons oh and
1: zombies yep. to a bar. Yeah, uh, it's on Global and I think oh they're going to say in the promo here that I'm going to play, I can't remember what. Network in the U.S., but in Canada it's on Global. I finally started watching it this week. A show I've been excited about. It's called Abby's. Well, I'm Abby's
0: landlord. Is this a bar in my backyard? What?
1: You gotta lose the grill. People cook. They interact. They catch on fire. Ah! Sometimes, but they're always fine. Abby's premieres March 28th on NBC. All right, on NBC. Abby's stars Natalie Morales. She was Lucy on Parks and Rec. She's also had recurring roles on Girls, The Grinder, BoJack Horseman, and Santa Clarita Diet. She plays Abby, a woman who converts her backyard into a bar. And that's where the show is set. Neil Flynn, who was the janitor on Scrubs and more recently the dad in the middle, is one of the barflies along with Jessica Chaffin. There are a couple of employees played by Kimia Bapurnia and the breakout character Jessica James, played by a comedian named Leonard Oost. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. He's a basically he's a bit of a newcomer. I don't think many of us have seen him before. And uh, there's a landlord played by Nelson Franklin. He's a nerdy type. You've definitely seen him on TV, often as an IT guy in The Office or New Girl or Blackish or Veep. Um, The big hook for this show is that it's actually shot outside in a backyard set but it's still a TV set, and it's filmed before a live outdoor studio audience, and they want you to know it because the establishing shots at the beginning of the episode and when they come back from commercial, show the outdoor set complete with the audience, bleachers, and all the TV equipment visible. It's really weird. I was excited about this show because it's co-created, or I thought it was co-created by Mike Schur, the king of television comedy. Again, his resume, he was a writer during the best years of The Office before he co-created Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and The Good Place. Now, he's not listed as a creator here. That falls to Josh Malmuth, who used to write for that show Superstore, but Mike Sure is an executive produce- producer, so I had high expectations because he's very good at his job. Also, I know his favorite show ever is Cheers, so this is very on-brand for him to be involved with the show set in a bar. The first couple of episodes, though, there have been three that I've seen. Their first couple were pretty rocky. I don't think I really laugh. TV shows, of course, can take a while to find themselves, and there's always so much pipe to lay with any new show that it's bound to cut into the actual entertainment value. We we remember the pilots that came out feeling really fully formed, like Lost had maybe the best pilot, but it was a little movie and also had a $14 million budget, and that was in 2004. Modern Family, we remember that had a hysterical pilot episode, and it's no wonder that became a hit. But lots of great shows limped into existence. The aforementioned Cheers was famously the second lowest rated show of its first season, finishing 80-something if of all the shows on TV that year. Seinfeld didn't become a hit until late in Season 4 after it got paired with Cheers, which by then was the biggest show on TV. So you got to give these things a little chance if there's a glimmer of hope. And I thought there was a glimmer of hope so I stuck with it. And wouldn't you know it, by the third episode I was laughing out loud a few times so not ready to call it a great show yet, mind you, but I am definitely going to stick with Abby's for the rest of the season to see if it reaches its potential.
0: Problem with TV these days is most shows do, would never no. get a ch- the chance that Seinfeld had or the no. chance that years had they they'd have been canceled halfway through the season canceled by christmas canceled by christmas
1: that's right and uh even i'm sort of doing a seinfeld rewatch now uh and when i do that i start on season three really season one is five episodes none of them are very good season two has got 13 episodes and it does have a few good ones it has like the chinese restaurant or whatever but uh i generally just like it really gets good in season three so that's where i start
0: all right. Up next, we got to tell you what's coming to home video. Yet we usually do that in our second segment. We skimmed over that, so we'll get to that in a moment. Nicole Kidman wants to destroy you. We'll explain what we mean next. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. It's the question women have been asking since the dawn of time: What is he thinking? That cloud you're walking through? That's my farts.
1: I can hear men's thoughts. How did this happen? The second he gave me this tea. I thought black people stopped drinking tea after Get Out. Just think what this is going to do for your sex life Girl, what I'm about to do to you
0: I hope it's okay I borrowed your mask Welcome to Wakanda Close your mouth, don't breathe What men want
1: February 8th, rated R (laughs) Was that a little boy saying A little girl Oh, okay. Yeah, she takes somebody's underwear and puts them over her face. And oh like, my god! <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was thinking it was a little boy who wore a
0: mask and was thinking Wakanda, but that's
1: way funnier. It was you just funnier. described, and that's why it's rated R. And that's the movie What Men Want, starring Taraji P Henson, and sort of not like a. I guess it's sort, sort of like a remake of the Mel Gibson movie What Women Want. Yeah, it can't possibly be a, an actual sequel. I mean, it's from the, the same people who did that movie. Oh, it it's is just okay. reversed. Yeah. So. so there, yeah, do, uh, looking for a second life on home video, I guess. That's on digital HD on Tuesday. Yeah, I thought that movie looked fun, because I enjoyed that, what women want.
0: And I'd be curious to go back, actually, and watch that movie again, because I, I suspect that... In 2019, it doesn't hold up? Yeah, it wouldn't hold up. And that movie's not that old, I don't think. i just uh, looking that up. Mel know?
1: Gibson, before Mel Gibson had Mel Gibson's troubles.
0: Yeah, that was uh, 2000. Pardon me. 2000! <laughs> I did not realize it was that old. He's a whole generation older than he was in that movie. I don't know that you could make that movie today. I don't think it would fly. You can get away with what men want because... Uh, it's just commonplace. Men are not
1: to, his, historically the underdog in these things. So. Yeah,
0: and it's it's commonplace to to make fun of guys and what yep. have you, and it's very playful. And all the guys clearly were good sports who were involved. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal was in it, and Tracy, right, right. Uh, Jordan, Tracy Morgan. Morgan. I, I was I called him Tracy Jordan. That's well, not that his Rock. name in Thirty Rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they are all making fun of themselves. But uh, I think it looks great. Uh, I I would be. I think I will one day check this out when it comes to, like, Crave or Netflix or whatever. Yeah. On Blu-ray, DVD, and on demand, I was excited to see this in theaters but never got around to it because there was, like, a -a week-and-a-half-long window. Nicole Kidman starring in Destroyer. And she got nominated for a Golden Globe for this role. The movie has not the greatest reviews, 73%, but her performance is said to be just outstanding, like, uh, one of the best of her career. And she plays this cop who, I guess her past comes back to haunt her as uh, the sort of gang that she originally had some stuff to do with. One of the guys gets out of jail or whatever, and he comes back to try to ruin her life. Mm. It looks insane, man. It looks really good. So uh, I think I will have to check that one out as well. But that's it. Those are the two highlights. Yeah, those are the two biggies. Even Home Video knows that everyone's going to the Avengers next week. Good point, good point. And speaking of home video, I've been spending some time re-watching one of my favorite shows ever. When you hang up, for all intents and purposes, Jack Bauer's dead. Last season, he staged his own death to stay alive. Now, what could possibly bring America's most dangerous counter-terrorist agent out of hiding? How'd you get this number? What's going on here, Frank? My name's not Frank. Jack Bauer. 24, starring Kiefer Sutherland as counter-terror agent Jack Bauer. Have you ever seen an episode of 24? I watched one
1: season. I think it was the fourth season. Really? Yeah, the one where they set off the nuke in L.A. I think that might have been season six. Okay. I I can't remember. I got to go back and
0: watch, but I'm pretty sure it was season six, although they may have dropped the nuke in season four. I I can't remember. I
1: I thought it was, I watched the whole season. I think I enjoyed it. I Must not have enjoyed it too, too much, oh, because they didn't stick around for it. Yeah. The action drama debuted back in November 2001,
0: and it was a show with a unique gimmick. The events take place in real time, hence the title 24, 24 hours in a day, 24 episodes in a season, and it was action-packed, with each episode ending in a cliffhanger, and it had perhaps the most intense character on TV I've ever seen. Get up! Put your hands up! Let me see your hands! If you can raise your voice, I will rip your tongue out. Are we clear? Right here, right now, you are going to face justice! Tell me where the device is! So help me God, I will kill you, and you will stay dead this time. Where is it? You are going to give me the names of the people that you've been working with. Uh, I don't have... I want the names. I don't have... I want the name! I don't know any! you think your need to complain is more important than the lives of the people that are counting on us, go whine somewhere else! Stop wasting my time! Give me a name! I'm sitting here chuckling as listening to this. Jack is just so <laughs> intense. And another thing about 24, the term binge watch essentially came from 24. Oh, yeah? Like, 20 TV shows and DVD were a thing, but binge watching became a thing because... 24 was so addictive. It was one of the first shows that you would watch at home and you'd go, ah, oh, let's just watch another episode. Because yeah, yeah. you can't turn it off. It's almost impossible to turn it off once you get into it. And I just started watching it again last summer, plowed through seasons one. I just, I brought it, went to a cabin for a week with my girlfriend, and I brought that as part of our viewing, and I said, just watch one episode, because (laughs) she thought, seriously, 24 episodes? We watched one episode, and she was like, put another one on, put another one on. And And away you went. And away we went. We ripped through season one, and then we eventually did two and three, took a break for a few months, and then recently started again on season four. And it pretty much holds up. Season one is much slower than I remember, but it picks up the pace in season two. Season three was as intense as anything I've seen lately, and so far Season 4 is solid, but I do remember not liking 4 as much as 3. And I'm excited to get to 5 because that was the best season. It actually won the Emmy for Best Drama that year. So, yeah, if you've never checked out 24... I don't really know how you do it, because it's not on
1: Netflix. Six must be the one I watched then, because uh, that one, that was, I remember when I was watching, I thought it was okay, and everyone's like, this is the worst season yet. It was nowhere near as good as season five. That's all the
0: time we have next week, a review of Avengers Endgame. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes, and remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother